Hi everyone, welcome to Baby Steps Nutrition, a podcast that focuses on nutrition, health, and wellness for families of children of all ages and stages. I'm your host, Argavon Neil Forouge, a pediatric dietitian and mom of two young children. My goal is to bring you impactful information that you can apply every day in a simplified, practical form to make life easier. Now let's get into today's conversation. How do you go from fixed victim to growth owner? What are the tried and true strategies that have proven effective in achieving real happiness and harnessing that power to being successful, not just in your professional life, also in your personal relationships? Will Moore is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, host, life coach, and happiness expert. Will left his nine-figure startup business in 2019 to pursue his life's passion, helping individuals and businesses to level up using five core principles. Will graduated from Furman University, then obtained a psychology major from Rollins College. Welcome, Will. It's great to have you on here. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. You've made quite a shift, so I'd love to get into that story and how you got to where you are today. What was the defining or aha moment for you when you realized you wanted to pivot from the startup world to the personal health and wellness space? So, yeah, you know, there wasn't, well, yeah, I guess there kind of, there wasn't, there wasn't. So it was, it was a process of about 25 years of, of, so in college, I guess, kind of, I guess maybe is the answer you're looking for. It's where it started. I had a rough childhood. Uh, Mm -hmm. My mom was alcoholic. She was also, she was physically and verbally abusive. My parents divorced early. Um, we lived in, my mom was actually an army brat. And so we, we lived in Hawaii, which is where she was stationed at one point. And my dad also lived there. So at least I had access and saw both my parents. Um, and then at around seven, my dad went on a trip around the world and we moved to, um, Bethesda, Maryland to be closer to my grandparents, my mom's Mm -hmm. parents to get kind of financial help and whatnot. And I mean, we were living basically in the ghetto in Hawaii and, and I had this long hair and I spoke pigeon, which is like the local slang. And we we're the only white kids in our school. And, and I, we moved to this kind of suburb of Bethesda, Maryland, which was very, very nice area. And it just really was a shock for me and mm-hmm. ended up being extremely, um, I just did not fit in and I had a really tough time with, um, making friends and kind of adjusting and I was super sensitive. So flash forward 10 years later, it never really got better and it just compounded and I ended up becoming pretty miserable. And I thought, okay, well college will be a fresh start. And then I got to college and college ended up, um, it was kind of more of the same and I didn't get into, I was like, if I could just get into a fraternity, everything would be fixed. And I didn't get into the fraternity that I wanted. And they basically, um, I, I sort of, was suicidal at that point. I was just like, well, this was my chance to restart. Like, what am I going to like, what's the point of going on? My brain's broken. And I was kind of your typical fixed victim at that time, which is sort of, you look at yourself as, you know, life is life sucks. My brain's broken. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, maybe I'll hit the lottery one day and everything will be solved. Um, And so I just started listening to self-help and uh, reading self-help books. And I was actually serendipitously, 
introduced to a book um, uh, by one of my professors called How to Win Friends and Influence People. He just kind of happened to be speaking about it. He, he was one of the cool younger professors. The guy I was like, I want to be that guy when I grow up, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, and he, he sort of introduced it. And then all of a sudden I, I had this moment of like, wow, he, he really has adjusted well. And he that had a big impact on his life. I'm going to check it out. So I went to the library and they had it, the school library. And, and to this day, I do wonder if they hadn't had it, you know, right. I probably would have just moved on. But they mm-hmm. did, and I devoured it. And I immediately realized I was like, "This is this is what I need to be doing." And I just started. I, I felt the internal shift of my life in terms of like, the, okay, now there's hope. There's a different way to look at the world, and that was kind of the beginning of my growth owner. I would say that's amazing. And it sounds like a lot of the things that you're saying are things that you incorporate into your business and personal life. So it's you were looking for that connection, right? That belonging to somebody to something. And then here's this mentor that came who inspired you and motivated you and provided that hope and optimism. And I feel like you're now doing that for others, which is awesome. Totally. Yeah. And so, right. So then, you know, I became this insatiable self-help beast and I was like, all right, I'm going to just figure out whether it kills me to how to figure out how to be happy and and what the secrets of the universe are. And I just started kind of learning these universal principles where it was like, okay, I've read this now multiple times in different books. I've tried it out in my own life. I was kind of using myself as a human science experiment, testing things, taking notes. Mm -hmm. I'm a crazy note taker. So I would like go Mm -hmm. out and be like, all right, I'm going to try this. And I would then come back and like document it. And I was just keeping lists and sort of, sort of my own sort of guide on success and happiness on what, you know, what it takes for me individually. And this just kind of grew and developed and, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but slowly but surely I sort of started realizing some of these principles such as, you know, the, the very first one I learned from that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is, you know, it's not rocket science. If you want all the friends in the world and you want people to love you and never, never worry about, you know, having, having a plethora of people around you that support and love you, just make the other person feel special. Right. It's that simple. Like right. genuinely care about them and ask questions, look people in the eye, remember their name, you know, remember important details. And and the more you support and make them feel special, the more they're going to want to do that for you versus, you know, so that's the growth owner side of it. And then the fixed victim side would have been, well, everybody's looking at me like, and just, it's all about me. And I'm, I'm worried about how I'm coming off and me, and it has nothing to do with anybody else. I'm not even remotely paying attention to what somebody else is doing. Right. And so that's just one example of a universal principle that I just sort of started to internalize. And these habits, you know, that became a big focus of what I do. And it kind of became a, a goal of mine to really just transform those failure habits into success habits. Habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting. Right. They're just going to, mm-hmm. they're going to compound and do their thing over time. And I just developed a, a lot of bad fixed victim related habits. And so, you know, the idea was I was just slowly but surely replacing those with, um, with these growth owner success habits. Right. As human beings, we're so resistant to change, right? And we'll keep doing what we're doing unless we're forced to change. And I feel like that's what was so unique about the pandemic. And a lot of people, like you started your journey earlier, but a lot of people just were exposed and felt vulnerable and there was no way out but to go inward. And I Mm -hmm. feel like now a lot of people are on that journey, whether they wanted to or not. 
And I think right. that's been the silver lining of the pandemic for so many people is, well, I have to start that now. I have to look inward now. I have to start the, you know, whether you call it consciousness or awareness um, part of my life now. And now they're on some journey to heal and improve or, you know, lead, lead a better life. That, that's exa- that's right. And, you know, that I, I say the same thing. I think this the pandemic, you know, you can look at look at it in a lot of different ways. Obviously, you know, it was it was there was some some negative stuff there. But yes. all in all, I actually think it was a good thing for this planet mm-hmm. and, and the world's happiness and just us evolving as human beings. Hopefully we, we do take some lessons out of it. But at, at one, one of the main things it did was it forced us to shine a spotlight on our lives and really yes. kind of step back and pause on like, what am I doing every single day? Like this rat race I'm caught up in, like, am I actually happy? You know, is my life filled with joy or is it like just one to do after another where I'm just scrambling around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to, trying to get to the next day. And then before you know it, you blink in five years, 10 years, your life has passed you by and you're full of regret. Yes. And as parents, we see our kids and then next thing you know, they're off to college and we're like, where did the time go? And so many people are commenting about that and seeing their kids leave the home and they're empty nesters. And they look at my kids and go, my gosh, they were that age two years ago. How could this be? Totally. Yes. Right. Um, right. Let's talk about the five cores of happiness that you speak so eloquently about. Can you share that with our listeners? Please? Yeah. So, so these areas of like, you know, I, as I mentioned, I started kind of understanding these universal principles and kind of what worked, what didn't, and then the habits within each of them to kind of start gearing my life on to eventually compound in the person I want to become. And it, it took me a while to figure out what they were, but I, I, it comes down to me, we all share the same five core areas of happiness, meaning these are the areas of our life that we need to continue, that we need to pay attention to, understand what we're doing in each and make sure that we're continually growing and replacing our failure habits with success habits in each of them. Um, and as long as we're growing in each, we'll be happy. And it, you know, balance is a, is a tricky word. So it's like, yeah, yes. you want to live to live a whole life, holistic lifestyle and not just be focused on one thing like, you know, your work. But I think people sometimes get caught up in thinking, well, it's impossible to balance everything. So I'm just going to focus on one thing. But at the end of the day, there is a way to, to do it. And I'll explain that in a little bit, but the five areas are number one is your mindset, which is the most important of all your cores. It's essentially it goes back to what we were just talking about. It's you're either a growth owner or you're a fixed victim. Um, you know, most of us are born, we're all born naked and afraid and, and, but we're, we're ready to take on the world at the same time. And there's nothing, we haven't been poisoned with any information that'll, that'll make us fear, fear a lot of things that we end up fearing in life. Um, and then you start going through and your, your parents, your, your school, your, your peers, you know, media starts just experiences you have it all these major influencers really start molding like your, 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 your view of yourself and, and how you, whether you think you have everything within you to kick ass, take names. And it's only a matter of time to do it as a growth owner would versus a fixed victim who, you know, Oh, well, you know, I'm not really good at this. That guy's good at that. And, you know, my parents told me I wasn't, I wasn't ever going to be this. So I'm just going to not even try to do that. Or, you know, my, I got made fun of because I tripped in, in 
basketball. I'm never going to go on a basketball court again. I mean, these major things that just as kids, they're just, they're cat, they're huge. And we don't realize as adults, how much these tiny little moments add up and start to shift. So a big part of that is, is for myself and my kids is constantly reminding them, um, what it means to be a growth owner and kind of give fear the finger. And, and the, the key word with a growth owner is trying, you know, as long as you're continuing to try and you don't give up, then you're, you're good to go. The moment you go, ah, I can't, I'm not good enough. I give up. I suck. That's when you get in trouble. Okay. So that's the first core. And then the second one is your career and your finances, which, you know, is not just, I want to make a zillion dollars. It's what are you actually doing with your, you know, are, are, are you incorporating your strengths? Do you know what your strengths are? First of all, are you incorporating, do you know what your passions are? Are you incorporating, are you putting those together and saying, all right, I wake up every day and I look forward to what I'm doing. Now there's, everybody's going to have days where they're like, oh, I don't want to fucking get up today. You know, there's, there's, there's always hard times, but the point is in general, it's something that you're, you're like, I was made to do this. I'm doing something that I was put on this earth to do. And I'm so glad I get to do it every day. Right. And, and the, the, it's not easy, but figuring out what that is and not, not getting too attached to it, but pivoting and saying, okay, well, this is kind of what it seems like it might be. And then you try something out you go, oh, well, but actually I like this better. And, you know, just continuing to grow towards what you were meant to be on this earth for. And, you know, one thing I've found over and over, whether it's through my own life, reading about it a zillion times in these self-help books or podcasts I listen to, it, it's when you figure out what that is, it just inc makes life incrementally easier to succeed and to make money. And then the money kind of just comes when you're doing something you're naturally gifted at. And I remember first reading that years ago and feeling like that's bull, you know, I, I you know, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem right, but I'm telling you that is a universal principle. Like, and, and not only is that, is that the case, but if you do something that you're not really into that you're doing just for the money, it's going to be incrementally harder. There's going to be so much more friction involved and there's going to be so much, um, you're going to run into an obstacle and instead of giving it the finger and being like, get out of my way, dude, you're just temporary. I'm going to learn from you and keep growing, you know, you let it stop you in your tracks and go, Oh, and then your fixed victim goes, I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I was going to fail. Right. And then the, the, the financial side of all of this is, is really understanding the, the compounding laws of the universe when it comes to money. And it's just like I was talking about with habits. I mean, it, it all just compounds. And the earlier you start investing and putting your money into things, the more it'll just grow. And if you actually look at, you know, you know, if you started, I, I, my kids, you know, one, seven, one, or one's just turned six, one's three. I've already opened them up their college accounts, which is, have been growing since the day they were born. And they're pretty much already, one of them's already pretty much fully funded for college because we started early. And then now I just recently, my six-year-old understands like actual investing and he sees me looking at the stock market and I opened up a little Robin Hood account for him. And on his birthday, I gave him 20 bucks and I said, okay, pick, let's, what do you like? Like, let's pick a stock. And he picked Facebook and we put it in. Smart. And, He's a know, smart just, guy. <laughs> just watching it grow and just understanding those principles. It's amazing that this stuff, a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is, is not taught in school. In fact, hardly not at all. And that's yep. the problem with our society, right? So it's kind of like getting getting your kids ready for what the real life is about and, and getting them set up for success versus just relying on what their teachers are going to tell them.
Yes, and they Did think you have everything's so, disposable. There. Those are the first two cores. Did you have any questions or want to discuss any? No, I love that. And I love that you applied that to, you can use just the language that's appropriate for that age, but you can start kids very early and start having that conversation instead of waiting until it's too late. So I love that it's an ongoing process. And for parents that are listening, you know, when you have young kids, it's never too soon or too late. So get going. Yeah, that's right. And, and just introducing it that, to them early on. And then like, he's caught fire with it. So now it's like, he found a quarter the other day and he just, his eyes lit up and he was like, I'm going to put this in my piggy bank. Right. And so we, that's a, a, another thing he has is his piggy bank, which we can't actually open. We bought one of the ones you can't open. And so I said, okay, well, we're going to have our Robin hood account. That's going to be growing incrementally. And then we'll have this one. And then maybe, you know, on your next birthday, well, we're going to open this one and, you know, it's just changed and whatnot. And I was like, and then we'll invest this as well. And so he really gets that and it's clicking with him. And it's like, if somebody had introduced this to me or a lot of the people that are probably listening to this podcast, think about, you know, if you'd invested a hundred dollars in Amazon, you know, 20 years ago, you'd have like 200 grand. And it's just yes. like, it's, people, they, they don't think in terms of that. And most people, they just want the shiny, flashy object. And, you know, now more than ever, there's a million ads coming at us from all different directions and we're clicking and we're buying things that we really don't need that are cluttering up our, up our house. And it just, it breaks my heart to think about the amount of money people are spending on the shit that they, pardon my language, they don't need yes. in their home and, and yes. versus if they took that money and invested it, what their future would look like. Totally. Quality over quantity. Right. Um, okay. So the next, the next core is relationships. And I break that down into three parts. You've got your friends and your family, your colleagues and acquaintances, and then you've got your significant other. And significant other is, is doesn't you don't necessarily have to have a significant other. Um, in my one thing, I, I feel like I'm I'm like 99% confident about this one, but this is one I'm not 100% on. Um, that you can live just as happy a life by not having a partner as if having one. And I think, again, it goes down to everybody's built differently. And so there's no one size fits all. And I think a lot of people grow up and they're like, well, I'm supposed to get married and I'm supposed to have kids. But you know what? Maybe deep down inside of them, they're, they're world travelers and all they want to do is travel around and be free and you know see different places and meet new people. And I've, I've met people like that and they seem really happy. <laughs> yes, I you think know, that's where the awareness get, comes in. What's that? To have that awareness about yourself, I think that's the key right. component. Right. And, and, you know, once in a while you'll get, yeah, you know, I, I, I go back and forth with whether I should settle down and have kids. But you kind of get a feeling it's more, that's not really what they want, but they feel like they've been told that their whole life. So they think right. they should. Yes. So, but then you got somebody like me that did, did go that route. I always wanted kids and, um, I, I'm a proud, happy father. I'm, I've got two small boys. I got one coming in June. I'm going to have three crazy oh, boys running around. Thank you. <laughs> and yes. you know, it's, it, it was a choice and a commitment and it's not easy, but it's extremely rewarding. And you know, once you, once you get all that in the mix, if you don't have systems and habits in place with your significant other, with your kids, you know, some of us are, are lucky enough to have gotten good values from our parents and, and, you know, like my wife, for instance, like she doesn't really have to even think or worry about the, 
the social aspect and, and being and keeping in touch regularly with her family and, and doing things with her friends on the side proactively. She just naturally has that in her. Whereas a lot of us, I think, like I don't with, with my own personal family, like I got to like set reminders in my phone, like call mom, you know, like she talks to her mom every day. So everybody's different. And, but at the end of the day, you, you do want to have that connection with, you know, with you, with your significant other, obviously is, is one thing in terms of like, okay. And, and to me, the big, the big one with the, your significant other is, are you on the same team or not? Like, that's kind of what I boil it down to after, you know, as many years as I've been married and, and, you know, the relationships I've had, it's like, you get to a point when you're in a relationships where I feel like a lot of people, it gets into a, a, um, an adversarial relationship. Like, Hey, this is me and my stuff that I like. And now you're saying, and you used to like my stuff and be cool. And now you're doing all your stuff and saying, you want to do it this way. And and it has to be like this. It's you against me. Right. And, and when you start to go into that territory, like it is just so hard to be happy and to just function as a human being, because you're constantly just bickering and, and trying to win out on who's right, who's wrong. But if you approach it as, Hey, you, you were born a certain way. You've got certain likes, wants, dislikes, passions, strengths, whatever, you know, same with me. Let's, we want to, we want to raise the healthiest, best kids we possibly can. Let's figure out how we can work as a team and compromise and, and do what we know is best for our, our children. And knowing that our, our goal is, is, together as a team to raise the best, healthiest, happiest kids that we can. And honestly, like that's just, just being able to say that out loud and, and have that become part of like the general vibe between you two. It's a world of difference. And my wife, um, this didn't happen naturally. We did have our struggles. We went to counseling a while back and, you know, I think that that was something, the big thing that came out of it was, was that is that it was like, okay, yeah, we're on the same team. And you got to remember that that other person's not built the same way as you. So don't assume uh, that they think the way you do. And when they don't, you get frustrated and angry. Yeah. And I think this goes back to the mindset you were talking about at the beginning, right? So if you're so fixed and rigid and I'm right and everyone is wrong and I don't have to change, I'm perfect the way I am. Well, then you're in for (laughs) either a world of loneliness, right? Or a world of unhappy connections. But if you're open and growing, then, I mean, we all need to grow, right? Even till we're very old. I think Mm -hmm. every single day there's opportunities, if you are open to them, to grow and to improve yourself and to learn and move forward. Otherwise, you're stagnant and that's never a good place. Yeah. I mean, if I could sum up everything I'm talking about, all these cores, you know, like I'm saying, you got to constantly be growing in each, replacing failure with success habits, right? And I think a lot of people do feel like, well, when you're old, like you're supposed to just, you get your, you know, sit by a beach, drink a pina colada and, and, and but that's not, that's not real. Right. Yeah, maybe for two days, it's fine. Yeah. But then you're like, okay, now what? It's just like when I sold my business, um, I got this huge chunk of money that I'd worked 10 years for and just blood, sweat, tears. I can't even tell you how, what it was to build this business, grow it from scratch and sell it for what we sold it for. It was an amazing feeling and that nobody can ever take that away. Um, and if I just, it was like a huge anchor taken off my shoulders when we finally sold it. Cause there was a lot in the last couple of years and just trying to get the deal done even that was just extremely stressful and 
having to fight through obstacles. And we got it done and it felt so great. And I took probably two, three weeks off and was just like, all right, like I'm going to play some golf. I'm going to get these massages I've been promising myself I'm going to get. But yes. I got bored real fast. Yeah. And I, it was very quickly, okay, what's next? Right. Right. And that, that just sums up the human, human beings. Like we have to constantly be growing and if we're not yep. growing, we're dying. And if we mm -hmm. don't have a goal or something we're, we're reaching towards, something doesn't feel right. And like you were just saying, that stagnancy just doesn't add up and, and then we become unhappy. So you got to be growing. But again, it's not just growing in your career. It's these, it's all these areas. It's your relationships, it's your mindset, it's your career and your finances. Next, next one up, your fourth core is your physical health. Um, yep. So obviously that's, that's an important one. We all know our physical health is important, but it's amazing how many people have developed these, these, these habits and they try these like crack diets and crazy weird things to try to, tr to, to change. But at the end of the day, it's just, it, again, it comes down to habits and it's kind of tackling them one at a time. And if you try to change them all at once, you're going to be overwhelmed and overloaded. And you're like, ah, see, I knew it wasn't going to work. Your fixed victim comes out. Yeah. But you know, your what you eat, uh, the amount of sleep you get, the, your, the, your exercises. And I, and, and I'm always telling people like, again, customize it to you. And so this is where my gamification aspect comes in. We haven't really talked about this, but for all of these habits that we have, I actually have a system to sort of tricking your, your brain into wanting to take the actions that are good for you using things like uh, rewards, play points, social connectivity, um, competition, you know, and a perfect example in the physical health space of a company that's done this is Peloton, where they've mm -hmm. essentially created this movement of people and got all these people that never would have worked out before. But again, COVID definitely helped, you know, they're home and they're like, well, I got to do something. And all of a sudden it's like, it was fun to do it. Right. And you can do it. You can ride with your friends. You can compete against others. There's a cool big screen. There's points. There's, you know, all these things that made it just addictive basically uh, to, to want to take the actions and to want to ride. And I know so many friends that really got into it at that time, uh, but you don't have to be a, you don't have to buy a Peloton to do that. Like there's other ways that you can gamify your working out and and, and one of them is just figuring out what it is you actually enjoy doing, how you enjoy moving. Uh, you know, if you don't like running, which I don't, my, my wife loves to run. She can go on a 10 mile mm -hmm. run and not even blink. She ran in high school. I hate it. Right. So that's yeah. not what I want to do, but I do love playing basketball. I love playing tennis. I love playing golf. I can walk 18 holes of golf and feel like I didn't even do anything because I'm having so much fun and I'm so into the competition. Same with golf and tennis. Like competing against people. I'm drenched in sweat, like playing. And I'm like, wow, that was a good workout, but I didn't feel like I worked out. You got to figure, figure out what it is that you enjoy. And same with, you know, with what you eat, there's so much food choices these days. Like there's no excuse to be like, in my opinion, to be like, well, you know, when you're eating the cookies and the crap, like you got to experiment around, but find the things that taste almost as good. And at first they're not going to taste almost as good, but when you fake it till you make it and you keep taking that action over and over, you'll get to a point where it not only tastes as good, it tastes better because you're like, okay, now this is my snack at midnight that I go to and I love it. And I know that it's actually make, and, and you feel good about doing it. You know, it's like, you don't have the guilt because you know, you're actually helping yourself. Yeah. And you just feel better after yeah. you eat it too. Right. And so it's, it's, it's kind of, and then it's cool. And it actually literally starts tasting differently. Right. So like that yes. first bite, you're like, this doesn't taste like a cookie. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, 
three weeks, a month later, however long it takes. Habits, there is no magic formula. Everyone takes different amounts of time. But then once it's formed, you're like, all right. And my, my big one is mixed nuts and berries and like granola and stuff. I, I love that. And, you know, I just feel great about eating it versus the Cheetos and the, and the Pringles and, and these things. So, and, and another ha- uh, gamification hack for that is, is to make things invisible that you do not want to partake in or habits you want to break and make them super obvious for the ones that you want to, to do. So like, if you have eye level in your cupboard, when you go to grab a midnight snack, like make sure that it's what we were just talking about and that Cheetos aren't staring you in the face. Yeah. Or I just say, just don't buy them in the home. Don't buy them. Exactly. Even better. Because who's going to get in the car and drive to a store? They're just not going to do that because it's the effort. That's exactly right. Um, Okay. And so, and then, you know, again, it's all, you got to customize it yourself. Sleep. Like I'm a night owl. My wife's an early bird. She, I naturally am productive at night. I actually sometimes get a lot of work done at night. Um, And, and I'm, my, my mind is awake and sharp. She basically, her brain shuts down around nine, but then she gets up at like six o'clock. Right. So learn your own biorhythms. Don't fight it. Figure out, you know, what works for you in a schedule. I mean, some people obviously don't have that luxury depending on what they do. But again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier with your career and what you're doing. Like try to customize that around you and your strengths and and your lifestyle, what you're good at to make it more enjoyable and reduce the friction of of actually accomplishing your goals. Um, Then the last one is is emotional health. Uh, and this is essentially, you know, are you constantly stressed? Do you dwell on things? You know, are you, do you, do you feel like you're enjoying life or you've got your head down in the sand and are constantly just fighting off the demons and these negative thoughts and whatnot? Um, you know, uh, again, with gamification with the, in this particular space, there's been a lot of apps that have come out. Um, like calm is one I can think of, uh, and, and to help you kind of breathe and, you know, meditation is it really, I used to be just like not a believer in it for so long. Cause I just hated it and I was so bad at it. And I tried to just trick the system to be like, there's gotta be another way. But at the end of the day, there's no, there's no, uh, replacement for, for meditation. And it doesn't, I, I just, I don't like do the whole deep, ah uh, type stuff that a lot of people do. I just do some deep breathing and I have my own routine that I do. And it just is super helpful to do it once a day, even if it's like five minutes and just kind of just, it just helps to recenter you and calm you. And, and then afterwards I remind myself what I'm thankful for and how great and lucky I am to, to be on this earth. And then I, I, I have this little acronym it's called CBRP that I came up with, which is called, if I start to have a negative thought, I catch it. And then I, the B and C is for catch and then B is for breathe. So I take it, kind of take a step back and I take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Is this, is this a real thought or is this just something that, you know, is, is, is a habit or something that I'm getting worked up that really isn't going to affect my happiness in the long run. And then the R, the remind and the reward, or excuse me, R is for remind and reflect and just sort of say, okay, so what is going on here with this and, and how, how can I solve this problem or this thought that I'm having? Is there a way to actually, um, you know, is it something I can't do anything about in which case? Okay. Or is it something I can do something about? And then the last, the P is for pivot where it's like, okay, if there is something you can do about it, do it, take that action. Like, don't just, cause that thought's just going to keep coming in and and bothering you but if there's something you can do to get rid of it or to solve it or whatever it is then you are going to want to pivot and take that action 
And if there's nothing you can do a bit about it, then you pivot into doing something that you do feel good about, that you can improve your life or, or make strides on, right? Because then all of a sudden you're going from using your energy in your mind to dwell and stress and think about bad things as that fixed victim in you. And you're pivoting right over to the, the growth owner that says, all right, I'm not going to freaking feel sorry for myself over here. I'm going to take action and do things on what I know will actually make me happy in life. Love that. And Will, for the dads especially that are listening, they feel stuck, they're unhappy, you know, they want to improve their relationship with their children, they want to have some kind of passion or excitement for the work that they do, they want to have better relationship with their co-parent or their spouse, what would be the biggest advice that you have for them, for them listening right now when they're just stuck in that rut and they want to get out of it? Yeah, I mean, I would say the first the, the first thing that they need to do is shine a spotlight on their life and sort of they need to understand these the things that are making them sad and, and why they're caught in this rut. And, you know, just a, a quick exercise you can do. I have a, a, a thing on my website to help you, but if you, if you don't want to go there, and there's actually, I have this quiz um, that helps you understand where you stand in each of your course, um, just a brief brief quiz to sort of say, okay, where do I stand? Like, what do I rank in each core? And then that'll help you sort of shine a spotlight on, okay, what area am I weakest in? And then from there, you you can make a list. Um, I call it the back to the future list. And what you do is you, you flash forward to the end of your life and you literally write what you want said about you at your funeral in each of your course. Sounds a little morbid. That's why I call it the back to the future list. But there's something magical about this process because what happens is you're, you, all the bullshit goes away. All that, all these things that are competing for our attention and our time and these devices and electronics and media and TV and people, other people's opinions, it goes away and it, it goes down to your, your core of who you are as a human being and what it is you really want out of life. And then you, you make that list of, okay, for my mindset, I want people to say this about me. For my relationships, I want people to say this about me. And then you reverse engineer it. And then you literally just start building your habits off that. And you go, okay, if this is what I want said about me, what are the habits I actually currently have going in this core? And how do I, you know, what do I replace them? And you want to start one at a time. You don't want to overwhelm yourself. Like I said earlier, otherwise you'll quit. You'll be like, this is too much. And so you start one core at a time, one habit at a time, and you just get to work. And you just start slowly replacing one by one. And this is what my app is going to be. I have an app that I'm going to be launching hopefully in the next couple of months that helps people to do this. Um, and it holds people accountable and it makes it fun. And you're a rocket ship and you're flying off in outer space. And in order to break Earth's gravitational pull, you have to slowly but surely start replacing your failure with success habits in each of your cores. And then you're meeting aliens and you're fighting through asteroid fields and it's pretty darn cool. I've been working on it for a very, very long time and I'm excited to, to launch it. Cause I do feel like the accountability is a very, is the hardest part for people with everything going yeah. on in the world, you know, to be able yeah. to like actually make a commitment to yourself and stick to it and be like, you know, okay. You know, cause it's one thing to identify what you, you know, you need to do. And then it's another to actually do it enough times to where it becomes habit. But that, remember, that's the cool part about habits. They don't care if they're good or bad helping or hurting you. But once you've gotten over that hump, and you've replaced a failure with the success habit, it'll start building momentum in your life automatically. I love it. And everything that you just mentioned, Will, I will definitely include in the show notes for our listeners to be able to access it. Where can our listeners find out more about you? 
Yeah. So my website, um, like I mentioned, and there's that quiz on there, more momentum, M O O R E momentum.com. Uh, and then, uh, I also have my Instagram page, which is, uh, will more momentum and it's at will more momentum. Those are the two main places. Love it. And, and then, I uh, will uh, sorry. And then I have a, a particular one for dads, which is at momentum dad if, if, or for parents, I should say. Perfect. Yes. That's a key one here. I know a lot of dads are listening. Yes. Um, Will, it's been so great getting to know your background and how you've not only transformed your own mindset, but now you're inspiring others to live their best life. Thank you so much for being here. I know we could keep talking. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I apologize. I know I, we, we got to cut it off now, but this was really wonderful. Thank you for letting me share and, and thanks for the great questions and insights as well. I really And congratulations to you on your new baby and your new exciting project. I will definitely link the project when it becomes available to the public. So lots of exciting things coming your way. Congratulations on all of them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Argavon. Uh, My pleasure. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Baby Steps Nutrition Podcast with your host, Argavon Nilforush. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you and your family can use to make daily life a little easier. If you enjoyed this episode, and you'd like to support the podcast, please leave a rating and review, share with others, and follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Baby Steps Nutrition Podcast. As always, you can head over to babystepsnutrition.com to sign up for our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. See you next time. Tune in. Feel great.